Welcome to Unstoppable Female Entrepreneurs, where business expert and success coach Kelsey Matheson teaches you how to massively grow your business, navigate the mind drama that's holding you back, make more money, and acquire the skills and confidence to become unstoppable. Hello and welcome to Unstoppable Female Entrepreneurs. I'm Kelsey Matheson and this is episode number 43. So I am super excited today because this is part two of a series on how to sell out your retreat. So we're talking to all the retreat leaders, the entrepreneurs who host retreats all around the world and want to sell their retreats out. I talked about that last week. I talked about some of the best practices that you want to focus on as a retreat leader in terms of promoting your retreat, getting in the right state, what you want to think about in terms of your audience and what they need and what you're offering. And then today we are talking with the amazing Shelby Kinser. Shelby is Anna Maya's marketing manager. She also works for me as my marketing manager. She is amazing. She is the owner and founder of Collab Social. So she is an entrepreneur in her own right. Uh, an unstoppable one at that. And so welcome, Shelby. I'm so excited to have you here today. Hi, I am so excited to be here. I can't believe you're at episode 43. I know. 43. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, I post about them, so I should know that. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You have all the inside scoop. It just feels like you just started it. So it's amazing that you have so many amazing podcasts that have already happened. That's so cool. But I'm super excited to be here. Yay, I know. You're my second guest. Oh, I'm so honored. Yeah. Yeah, That's (laughs) awesome. Yeah, no, I'm super excited to be here and chatting with you. And I can't wait to jump in. I know that that first episode, we talked about the mindset and everything that goes behind selling a retreat. And so this action steps that go alongside with that. I think that mindset is obviously an action, but the things that make you feel like, yes, I'm getting out there, I'm doing this stuff, you know, like oftentimes uh, can put a little bit more fuel under your under your butt. Exactly. Yeah. And this is kind of focusing on the marketing aspect, the social media aspect. So why don't we start, why don't you introduce yourself, tell everyone a little bit about you and what you do and how you help your clients, and then we'll dive in. For sure. Yeah. So like Kelsey said, I own Collab Social. It is a full service digital marketing agency and we help different entrepreneurs and business owners across the board create collaborations and connections that convert. We help people with their social media presence, everything from bringing in the social media traffic on TikTok, on Facebook, on Instagram, to making sure that that actually converts on your platform of choice, right? Because so often social media is done to gain all these amazing followers, but what is it really without the conversions on the other end of it? So we have put a lot of time and energy into making sure that both of those pieces flow. Yeah, that's amazing. And you've been working with Anamaya for a few years now, and as well as for me, and we've seen it all. (laughs) It's been the absolute best. Yeah. I mean, working with you, both Anamaya and with you has been some of my favorite experiences ever, but we definitely have seen it all. And it's interesting to think back on pre 2020, like we were like, Oh, we have like one spot left in this retreat. What are we going to do? And now it's like adapting that to keep Anna Maya 
open and as flourishing as it is today is a true testament to, you know, having the right strategy and having the right people in place and really adapting to what the environment brings. Cause you never know if anything, the last two years have taught us. <laughs> I know. And I literally things were changing daily for us at Anamaya as we were trying to just pivot. It was sometimes daily shifts. So we really had to, had to be focused and we couldn't let all of the mind drama get the better of us because it was um, talk about putting a fire under our butts. That's a hundred percent. I realized I said that wrong after I said it fire under your butt, not fuel under your butt. But yes, that's, <laughs> that's totally a testament to one mindset, which you said you covered, you know, we covered in a, the first part of this podcast because mindset was such a crucial piece of getting through that, right? Like not falling victim to the mind drama, but then also pivoting your strategy. And even now it's not the social media that it was in 2019, because even now TikTok changes like twice a day, Instagram changes once a week, you know, and like we used to have that where Instagram would change once a month or, you know, something along those lines, but it's changing so much more rapidly now. And that's not said to scare anyone off of social media. It's said to reiterate the fact that you really need to make sure that you have a strategy that's flexible, that you know what you're doing, you actually have a strategy in place, because it's no longer just throwing things at the wall and hoping they work. That strategy, I mean, never really worked super well, but it really doesn't work now. Let's dive into this, because some of the steps that I talked about in part one of this, of selling out your retreat, was defining your X factor, right? Know what makes you unique as a retreat leader, describing the needs of your ideal guests. What are they struggling with? What is the solution that they need? And then also getting incredibly clear on the value of your retreat. We just finished up a value challenge about really asking the question, like, why is what I offer so damn valuable? A lot of the listeners joined in on that challenge. And then listing, again, like all the technical stuff, right? Like creating a landing page on your website, listing all the details, you know, including the dates, the location, the pricing, maybe offering an early bird discount. And then the fifth action step was creating a social media content calendar or a promotional plan or a strategy. And that is what we are going to talk about today, which I'm very excited about. And I'm just going to look at some of my notes here because I wrote down a few things. But I think what we'll do is maybe we could go through the best practices for some of the platforms. And then, yeah, we'll talk about maybe the best way to kind of communicate through those platforms. We'll talk a little bit maybe about, a, about your email lists. And then we might even be able to get into some of the detailed aspects, like what to include on your website, for example, and your website copy and things like that. So let's start with best practices for the different social media platforms. I think the two that I see my clients using the most are Instagram and Facebook, but we can also get into some of the other ones as well. Cause I know a lot more people are on TikTok right now. So let's dive in. I'll let you kind of guide us. Where would you like to start? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think we should start with the tried and true Facebook. This is the place that everybody's been for a long time before I was on social media, right? <laughs> But starting with Facebook, a lot of people have kind of written off Facebook more or less, right? They're like, Facebook has terrible reach, or they're not able to get as much on Facebook, or it's just all my friends, or I would venture to guess that a lot of the people listening to this kind of have that same train of thought. They're publishing stuff about their business, but they're not really publishing it with a lot of oomph. 
they're kind of, oh, well, it's my mom and my aunt and maybe a couple business friends that I have. And it's not, you're not excited about getting out there and posting about it on Facebook. Here's where you have to make the shift. The biggest shift that has to happen is that you have to recognize that you either want it as a personal place or a business place, but that both are not mutually exclusive, right? So if you want to do a personal page and you just want to share pictures of your family and just have family on there and you're completely against adding people on business and doing all of that, don't say that it's a business Facebook because you're not utilizing it for business. And now technically it's against Facebook's terms of services to use your actual profile as a business, but that's where this next piece comes in where if you are utilizing it as a business profile and you are utilizing it to make friends and connections that can make you sales, you still want to keep the personal touch within that. That's why I say it's not mutually exclusive because if you're posting about your business, you should still post about your life. And this is a common theme that a lot of people kind of miss when it comes to social media is that it's not just about the product that you sell. Because let's be honest, at the end of the day, a lot of people probably sell what you sell. You might sell something that's a little bit niche, but A lot of people probably sell insert coaching here, insert yoga teacher here. A lot of people sell that product. What makes people buy from you is you. What makes people buy from you is your energy, is their connection with you. So you don't want to start a Facebook profile and just start drowning people in business information because they don't care about that either unless they get to know you, unless they start to get to know about you and what you're selling and your products, right? You could have the best product in the world. But if people aren't connecting with you on a cellular level, if they don't have anything outside of just this amazing product, it's going to be a harder sell. And so that's where you have to kind of bridge that gap, right? So you get on Facebook, you are a little bit personal, and you also are a little bit business. But the one thing that people have kind of veered away from, and I know you and I were even working together when this was really a popular thing of the Facebook groups and everything like that. The one thing that people aren't doing as often anymore that was really popular during that Facebook group era was making connections with people. So if you're not utilizing Facebook to make connections, you're probably not going to see a ton of success with it, right? You might have some people like your posts. You might have some people interact with stuff. But even you and I were talking about this when we spoke last week. A huge part of Facebook now is making sure that you're actually making connections with people. I mean, I think that really develops that no like and trust factor. And I also think that it's a post-pandemic thing where everyone is really craving connection. And I think initially when the pandemic hit, people were like, you know, there was all these Zoom calls and everyone was, all the families were meeting over Zoom and everyone's totally Zoomed out. But I think that there, we've kind of taken a little bit of that baggage with us in terms of like, actually, we did end up creating connection online and remotely. And it did offer us some value. And I think we've kind of continued moving forward with that in some way, shape or form. Yeah. And the biggest thing is people are craving connection in general, right? Like they are interested in following people and connecting with people for their similarities. It's not just a world where you can put out a carte blanche commercial for Pepsi anymore or something like that. You know, like it's If you'll even notice, those bigger brands are crafting things that are for a specific person. When it comes to Facebook and making connections, don't discount groups where people are still interacting. Go in there, answer some questions, make some connections. Don't discount pages of people that you want to be your clients. Go in there and make some connections. I always tell people, it's a lot like having a real life conversation. The way you slide into someone's DMs and you're like, I have an amazing coaching program for you. 
you would never walk up to someone and say that. I mean, maybe you would, but I don't think it would go over very well. What you want to do instead is, I found this common thread or a person asked a question that you can genuinely help them with. You start that conversation and then you lead into other ways that you can help them because at the end of the day, nobody wants to be sold. If you're listening to this podcast, you're not looking to be sold when you get on social media. You're not logging on to TikTok like, what should I buy today? You are logging on to be entertained and then you buy things along the way, right? It's because it's a much more integrated sales process. So when you're doing that on Facebook, start those genuine conversations. Even if you carve out 20, 30 minutes a day to just answer some questions, give some value and make some connections, it's not a hugely scalable way for you to do within your business. But for a lot of the people that are in here that are selling multiple thousands of dollar products, right? Like if you're selling a retreat and it's a two to $3,000 retreat, it's going to have to be more than a landing page or a TikTok for them to make that decision. But if they have a conversation with you, or if you've already built up your no like, and trust, like for Anamaya, for example, that's already brand. That's a brand people trust. That's a brand that people know is trustworthy and conversations that we have quickly lead to sales with people. Just social posts can quickly lead to sales, but that's because it's been built up over a period of time. If you don't have that period of time to book out that retreat, start that conversation. The chance that you'll get Susie in this Facebook group to sign up because you have a genuine conversation and actually answer some of her questions without directly going for the sale as opposed to Susie just seeing that on her feed, those are two very different things. And so in those scenarios, it really helps to do a little bit of legwork and really speak to people on a, on a deeper level. So in terms of the launch strategy, let's say, and you know that let's say you have six months before your retreat, right? So maybe within those first few months, you're making a point to spend whatever it is, 30 minutes a day, going into Facebook. And that, I love just setting sometimes just to set an alarm on my phone and I'll just set a 15 minute alarm or a 30 minute alarm so that I don't kind of get lost in the tunnel of, of social media. But you, you set the alarm and then you go in and you like, you go into the groups where you believe your demographic lives and they spend time and you, you find the people on in Facebook that are your friends already, or possibly in groups, you just start conversations. And with the intention of connecting, not with the intention of selling, because people will feel that energy a mile away. But if you're genuinely going in there and connecting, you'll be amazed because number one, your Facebook friends will increase because then people will start to get to know you. They'll recognize you. They'll connect with you. They'll like what you have to offer. You're making friends essentially. And then they'll become actual Facebook friends. And for me on my personal Facebook page, I would say maybe 10% of my friends are probably less, closer to maybe 8% are, are my actual friends and family. Like your in real life friends, yeah. Yeah, like my in real life friends and family, it's probably 8% of them. And the rest of, the rest of them are all female entrepreneurs. They're my demographic, right? And I've met them through making connections. I've met them through groups I've been in. I've met them through inner circles or masterminds or whatnot. They've found me through my social media practices or through Anamaya or, you know, whatever it is that they found me. But yes, I post personal stuff about me knowing that I have whatever it is, like 4,200 friends and that only 8% of them are my friends and family. I post personal stuff that is fine for all of those people to see. 
to get to know me. And I post about my business. And I had an interesting conversation with a client yesterday and they were like, aren't I going to piss off my people who are real friends when I post about my business? And I was like, well, if they're your real friends and you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to build your business, they're going to want to support you in that. They might not be your client, but you're not going to piss them off because you're trying to build your business. And if they are, then I would reconsider that friendship. (laughs) That was a huge thing that I mean, I had to get over it myself, right? Because I started my business when I was 19, which is a pretty raw time to start, you know, like you're still kind of in a mental space with that. But I had moved from my hometown and I had kept in touch with a lot of people from there through Facebook. And when I first started posting things, some people were kind of mean about it. Like they were mean on my stuff. And I was like, you know what? If you don't support me, then that's okay. Because at the end of the day, you're not the one paying my bills. I'm not going to worry about what your thoughts are. I actually read a really good quote around that time that still resonates so strongly with me. And I'm sure everybody here has heard it before, but it's, you'll never be judged by someone who's doing more than you or doing better than you. And then the other one was people who know you are less supportive than people who don't know you because you came from the same place and you're doing better or different or more or along those lines. There's a couple of different iterations of that quote, but I mean, that was really an important aspect for me to recognize that I can't not do what I want because some random kid in high school is going to comment negative things on my Facebook post, right? It's the same thing with you. Like my parents are supportive. They don't understand for even a second what I do, but they're not commenting negative things. But like, I have a great aunt who always has to comment something negative. It's just like, at this point, you just can't see my stuff anymore we're still friends. There's those lovely features where you can just block them from being able to see your stuff, which you can do if you really want to. But at the end of the day, like start posting and you'll be surprised how many people won't have anything to say about it. Or if they do, then you can take that and use that as inspiration because they're not really your ideal client. Yeah. And we're going off on a bit of a tangent here, but I think it's worth saying because I think people who are afraid of kind of mixing that personal and professional identities on social media they're worried about that. And I think, look, like we always have to remember that when somebody else is triggered, it's their own stuff. It's their own wounds. It's the mirror being put up in their face and maybe they're feeling insecure because they never followed their dreams or they never went after what they want or they don't like seeing people going after their dreams because it means that they feel less than or unworthy or whatever that is for them. That's their own wounds. Those are their own triggers and it has absolutely nothing to do with you. And as Shelby said, if there are some people you're like, oh my gosh, I just don't want to hear from like negative Aunt Betty anymore, then you can block her from seeing your post if you don't feel like you want to unfriend her (laughs) because that would just cause more family drama. You know, and I think those are the dynamics that we have to navigate. But I think that the important thing is, is that you are the CEO of your business So you want to make choices that are going to support this business. And we're talking to retreat leaders today that are going to help you sell your retreat and make some money. And the biggest thing that I would add to that too is if your mission is big enough, then it shouldn't really matter who's trying to stand in your way. Obviously it does on a human level, but when you are feeling deterred by whatever goes on, just think about what your end goal is, how many people you're going to help, how many lives you're going to transform. Is it really worth quitting that over some random person's Facebook comment? That's the real difference. And I did want to add to that too, just before we wrap up Facebook, because I know we don't want to spend too much time on that. Make sure that your Facebook is presentable 
with most of my clients, we'll do a Facebook funnel. They'll have a header that really showcases that they're an expert. And then oftentimes there will be an opt-in that's pinned as their post, or we have it pinned in their photos or have a way for them to reach you and have a way for them to understand your expertise. Don't make it a sunset photo and then like a picture of your dog as your profile picture. Make sure that there's a lot of no like and trust on there. That would be my biggest thing for Facebook to start off. The other place that a lot of people spend time, especially retreat leaders, is going to be Instagram. Now, Instagram is kind of a dirty word in the social media community right now. Um, Instagram has been the bad child recently. Yes, because everyone's very angry that we are a reels only platform at this point. The videos have taken over. And I don't know how to say his Moseri. I think that's how you say it. He is the head of Instagram at the moment. And he does a lot of different Instagram updates. And he did one not that long ago. And it said, Instagram's a video platform now. Buckle in. You know, we're still going to support photos, but we're a video platform now. And most digital marketing experts have been predicting a shift to video. I think we've talked about this in the past where almost all content will be video content at this point. And so Instagram is making that shift. The biggest thing that I'll tell you is, and I made a TikTok video about this the other day, I was like, stop fighting it. The more you complain about the algorithm changing, the more you complain, oh, I miss photos. Oh, I wish that this were different. It's not. It's just not. (laughs) So it's not the place to die on, on the hill, right? It's not where you want to stop promoting your business or stop promoting your retreat or stop promoting yourself because you don't like that we're getting rid of photos. Social media is an ever-evolving platform. I mean, we went from 12-second Vine videos to hour-and-a-half-long YouTube videos to now we're back to one to 10-minute TikTok videos, which I don't think the 10-minute is going to do super well, but that's a different story for a different time. But we have evolved. We have shifted consistently, and that is what you need to do within these platforms. So my biggest tips for Instagram are go with the flow, right? It's a video platform now. I mean, listen, I still put photos up for all of my clients because at the end of the day, your profile that you go to look at is a portfolio and people will come to look at your profile and they will come to see your stuff. But even at this point, we turn quotes and different stuff into videos that are quotes. They don't perform as well, but it performs better than a static photo. I mean, I even messaged you that the other day, Kelsey, like even photos where we used to get hundreds of likes on things are like tanking and that's universal. It's not just your account. It's not just, you know, and I mean, Anna Maya used to get thousands of likes on photos and now like it's in the hundreds, but if we post a video, it's like 10 to 20,000 views, right? That's the difference. And we don't even really have a super effective real strategy. So once we have that in place, I expect for it to be kind of bananas, but we're working on it. (laughs) But with all of that said, don't resist what's going on. Just do what they're what they're looking for, right? If you are listening to this and you are a retreat leader and you immediately, when I said start doing videos, were thinking, I don't have a videographer. I don't have the right scene. I don't have the... None of that is important. What's important is that... No, you have a phone. Yeah. If you have an iPhone or even an Android at this point, like any phone that you have right now, you can film something. You can film something short. Some of the most viral stuff on TikTok in the yoga niche is people doing like five poses to do before I go to sleep or hip openers. And they're just like on a mat in the corner of their living room. And some of them are really crappy lighting and they still get really great views. 
just make sure that it's a video that's clear, preferably good lighting. Outside of that, it doesn't matter. Go to a park, go to a room in your house, go wherever you feel comfortable filming, go ahead and do that. It doesn't need to be a professional production for it to be effective. Some of our highest converting stuff on Anamaya has been a repost from someone who did it on their phone, you know, and we have full videographers and full, you know what I mean? Like, so it's just about making sure that the content gets out there. And the other thing that I'll add to that is social media at this point is a fairly fleeting place. That content that you put out is going to last maybe 72 hours. So you don't need to worry about every piece being a cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like you're being generous there. Like for me, when you said 70, I thought, you know, I thought you were going to maybe go 24. Well, some stuff pops up a couple days later. Like it doesn't do as well right at the beginning. So that's why I always say don't delete it if it gets like a hundred likes at the beginning, because sometimes it'll get grabbed somewhere else in the algorithm a little bit later. And so that's why I say 72, because sometimes we have stuff that doesn't go for the first day, but the second or the third day, it'll kind of grab. Like I just had one client who had one that was like 200, 300, 600. And then yesterday it jumped to 26,000, you know? So it was like the first day didn't do that well, but then the second day it jumped. So all of that to say, just start putting content out there. They want as much content as possible. They cannot all be cinematic masterpieces. At the end of the day, Instagram actually doesn't care about how you feel as a creator. That's just point blank. Like they say that they're trying to help, they say that they're trying to help creators and they're trying to benefit creators. At the end of the day, Instagram cares that people stay on their app for as long as possible. They're more worried about the end consumer's experience. And if the end consumer says, I like to watch a yoga video more than I like to look at a yoga photo, that's what's happening. Plus Instagram's like a little bitter about TikTok. Like, I don't know if anybody was on Reels. Oh, I don't know if anyone was on Reels when it initially launched, but they definitely launched a beta version of Reels. Like, it was so glitchy for the first month, but it was because TikTok was already crushing it. And then Instagram got turned down to buy TikTok. So they were like, we're going to release our own thing. TikTok is so far ahead of Instagram at this point. They're like, we're not even paying attention to you. We're going after YouTube now. So that's, that's what I have to say about Instagram. The other good thing about that kind of segueing into TikTok is if you film a lot of content, it doesn't just have to go on Reels. Now, they do want you to be publishing things natively on Reels, but if you film a video, you can publish it natively on TikTok and publish it natively on Instagram. Just change around some text. They're not going to know. So going over to TikTok, which we'll just briefly touch on because I know a lot of people are kind of dabbling in it, but they're not fully into it just yet. TikTok is the easiest platform to go viral on right now. It is the easiest place for you to reach a ton of people in your target audience. With that being said, it has gotten harder in the last six months. It will continue to get harder until it's similar to Instagram and Facebook. It will continue to shift because if you remember when you started on Facebook, you could grow a Facebook page to 100,000 followers real quick. When Instagram first started, you could have 100,000, a million followers on Instagram real quick. TikTok will continue to do the same thing, but people who are early adapters of the app will see the success within that. Now, again, that's not to say don't get on TikTok. You're definitely not too late at this point, but make sure that when you're looking at your strategy, that you're looking at incorporating things that are fast growers, and then you kind of keep the legacy 
like the Instagram and the Facebook that are a bit more legacy stuff that's not as viral, but it's still places where people are hanging out. The main thing that you have to recognize with TikTok is you have to have good video quality. You have to. Like there's no room for potato phone videos on TikTok. And you also have to make sure that you the TikTok algorithm is terrifying. It's the scariest algorithm that I've ever worked with because you can be thinking about Chipotle and then a Chipotle ad will show up. Like it's just, I don't know how it's happening, but they categorize you so aggressively that like the clients that really see a lot of success within it are niched down to the point of almost like insanity. Okay. Well, I think that is a good place to stop for now. And we will continue with part three of selling out your retreat next week. Lots and lots of great information here. I hope you were taking notes. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to next week where Shelby and I finish our chat about using social media to sell out your retreat. All right, have an amazing week and ciao for now. Hey, if you are ready to grow your business, serve more people and make more money, then I'd like to invite you to join my mastermind for female wellness entrepreneurs. If you are a life coach, a yoga teacher, retreat leader, fitness expert, massage therapist, or healer, join this amazing group of women who are working towards becoming unstoppable as they grow their businesses. You will learn what it takes to start making at least $10,000 per month consistently. Just head over to KelseyMatheson.com, click on work with me at the top of the homepage and sign up to the mastermind for wellness entrepreneurs. Let's start working together to grow your business. I'll see you inside. Also, if you enjoyed what you heard today, please share this with another female entrepreneur who might need some love and support. And of course, if you haven't already, I would be so grateful if you subscribe, rate and review my show on your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to connecting with you next week.